Well, let's welcome you back to this week in the association. I'm Rob here, joined once again by my good buddy Kevin Luco. And Kevin, game three here tonight, both in the Eastern Division. Uh, Milwaukee winds up knocking off Kane County, and we have Chicago knocking off the Cleburne Railroaders to advance to the East Division Finals. Um, both these teams were top two teams in the division, so I guess we can't be surprised that the top two teams wind up advancing. You and I talk about at times how we're, we're old school and we wish it was just the top two teams in each division battling on out for a chance to go to the Miles Wolf Cup finals. And I guess in the roundabout way, we got our way. Absolutely. It's both the top two teams in the West advance as well. Kevin, uh, a very interesting game in Chicago here today is Neither team could get any offense going early on, and then all of a sudden the floodgates opened in this contest. Cleburne got a run in the top of the fourth, and then Chicago scores with two in the fourth, bottom half of the inning, gets a run in the fifth, and blows this game open with five runs in the sixth. Uh, it was a couple of key hits, Dylan Rosev with a two-run homer in, uh, in that big five-run inning, and um, Chicago just rolled from that point on. They're getting very solid pitching at this point, point as Stephen Lacey gives up one run in five innings. Um, we both had Chicago advancing in the series in three games, and so it's not surprised they wind up winning game three at home. That was the first time I've seen Lacey pitch, and it didn't really seem like he was bringing much of a fastball. It was, it was like splitters and breaking pitches and just kind of lobbing junk up there, but he got results. Uh, one run in five innings, you can't ask for much more out of a, and let's be honest, a young starter in a playoff situation, so kudos to Lacey. The two through two through eight hitters in the dogs lineup, Kevin, every one of those players had at least two hits in the contest. Uh was just, you know, you're looking for the heart of your order to deliver for you, and every one of those guys came up big for Chicago in the series. Um, and we didn't even really see much of a performance out of Josh Altman. It was guys like uh, uh, Matt Bocher and, and Peyton Needles and um, Luke Mangieri that came through for this team. So uh, if you're really looking for the super silver lining around Chicago, you got to be pretty happy that you're advancing to the finals of your division and you didn't even get much out of Josh Altman yet. So um, Dogs fans got a lot to be howling about tonight, I would gather. Without ever really seeing him play much, I've really become a fan of Peyton Eels. I just love what he has brought to the Dogs ever since they picked him up late in the season and it's just carried on in the playoffs where he hit 455 in the three-game series. So... You know, that's a – you know, you got Nicholas Heath back healthy again. He had a nice RBI single tonight. That top four, Heath, Eels, Lidge, and Altman. And then Mangieri, of course, had the big blow last night. He's your fifth guy in the order. The dogs are – this lineup looks like it's really on to something right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kevin. And as much as you got to tout what Chicago's doing, well, wow, just kind of a complete, unexpected turn of events here for Cleburne. I, I mean, this is a team, I'm, I'm not going to deny, I had them going to the championship series this year. They weren't, I didn't expect them to win, but um, I thought this was going to team that was going to make a serious run this season. Things just never came together for this club, Kevin, and they wind up 
spending another offseason trying to figure out what went wrong. It was tough. I, you know, wasn't due to a lack of effort. I thought, um, I thought they did a good job of bringing guys in. I thought that the late season acquisition by Logan Watkins of um, Boswell to play shortstop was a was, was a great pickup. You know, Brad Allred talked about that on our playoff preview. So, you know, I I thought this team. If they could get the pitching, was geared towards a lengthy playoff run. But frankly, you know, it was um, it was a pitching that proved to be their downfall at least tonight. We'll jump into the other series, Kevin. Uh, uh, listening to Joe Brand during the broadcast, I guess it was always assumed that Kyle Mora was going to wind up being the game three starter, and that's why they weren't afraid to turn to Christian Young and um, and Frankie Bartow in game two to to help them advance. And, boy, if there was any concern about Mora and where he was at, he sure answered those questions here tonight, Kevin. Well, Kyle Mora, if you recall, he did win Pitcher of the Week earlier in the season, so we knew that he had it in him to throw the kind of game like he threw tonight, but it was just, as of late, it just was not happening with him. But, boy, he sure picked a good time to throw a gem as he threw six, 6.2 innings of shutout ball tonight. It gave up one hit through the first six innings. Uh, Chicago, Kane County had no answers to him whatsoever. Before talking about Kane County's opportunity to battle back in this game, Kevin, a little bit of a surprise. You were not surprised with this. I was a little surprised that the Cougars went with Karch Kowalczyk when you have a Weston Muir and Jack Fox that are available to you. Kowalczyk just gave up the two runs in four innings. Not a bad performance by him at all. But um, you you didn't seem shocked by by that start by him at all. I did it. It seemed like uh, late in the season, uh, uh, Kowalczyk was starting games, and he, if you look at his pitching line, every time out he threw four innings. So, you know, this may have been part of a long-term plan. And as we saw tonight, I'm sure the plan was, too, that he was going to go four and then get piggybacked by Weston Muir. So, you know, Kowalczyk only gave up two runs. He, he didn't cost him the game. And you're through two shutout innings, so you figure out that piggyback there. Two runs and six innings, I mean, that's a, very much so a quality start. But, you know, when your offense doesn't score a run, you're, the perfect record holds up. No team has won a game where they didn't score a run. This is in the NHL right. where you get shut out for 65 minutes and then win a shootout. You're absolutely right there. And as much as Mora was impressive, I, I think the hero of the game still that you're looking at here is Roy Morales, who had a two-run single in the fourth that gave his team – two-run single in the third, excuse me, that gave his team the lead. Then a uh, seeing-eye single right past Logan Neeson and Josh Allen uh, in the seventh that made it a 4 nothing lead, driving in all four runs here tonight. And Roy Morales finished second uh, in the batting uh, title – thing to his teammate Brian Torres. We've got to see this guy play a lot because of St. Paul Saints, what he was with over the last year. And a huge season, but wow, uh, what a huge pickup this, he's been for this club, and he came up big for them tonight. Maybe it was meant to be for Morales because, you know, he he didn't get an all-star because of Chris Herman. He... 
is even recognized by the best player on his own team because of Brian Torres. So, you know, maybe it um, seems to be a little bit appropriate that maybe this is the time where Roy Morales will finally get his day in the sun. And, boy, what a, what a series he did have. And he was, honestly, he was the offense tonight all for the RBIs for the Milkmen. Well, Kane County cannot say they did not have their opportunities in this game, Kevin. So after Morales had the two-run single in the top of the seventh, the first two batters of the of the bottom half of the inning single, Todd Lott, and I, I'm sure I, I listened to Joe Brand say, well, he, he looked like he was clearly going to get into to third um, easily, but Michael Krause able to gun him down. I just did not understand trying for third down by four with nobody out in the inning at all, and he gets thrown out, Kevin. Uh, they, they get a single and, and a wild pitch that put two runners at, uh, into scoring position, came away with nothing out of that. But it's like, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to call, I really, uh, one of these I don't really understand trying to get that extra base in a situation where you need runners on to try to get back in the game. It made zero sense to me. I, anyone that's been in this league for any amount of time knows you don't run on Michael Krause and... Um, Kane County paid for it dearly tonight with Todd Lott being eventually thrown out easily at third base. And I'm just watching in the background of Matt Passarelli is just kind of walking away from it after it happened. Like he just didn't even want to admit that it happened. So, you know, you need base runners in that situation. You got yeah, you got to put up a hard stop sign unless that ball is way deep in right field. In the eighth, Kane County gets two on with two outs when Cornelius Randolph with a ground rule doubled the dead center and Josh Allen walks, but Nate Hadley able to get out of the frame by striking out Jonah Davis. Then all of a sudden the broadcast ended at that point, so we were kind of watching out there on point streak after that to see what was going on. But uh, in the ninth, uh, a one-out walk uh, by Hector Sanchez gives us again, the Cougars some opportunity to try to get back in the game, but Peyton Gray able to get the final two outs to end the contest. So if you're a Cougars fan, you didn't do anything for the first six innings, but you had a chance to get back in this game. But credit the Milwaukee bullpen for shutting the door. Well, Rob, you know all the cool kids went on Mixler and listened to Joe and Connor call <laughs> the rest of the game. So I own about this point street stuff. You're right. right. Those cool kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there, but all of a sudden it said the game was over. I was like... I guess. You know, it was, from what they were describing, it was like, you know, I obviously you and I don't know a squad about how the streaming is ran, but it, something about, like, it was designated for a time slot, and the, the, the time ended, and it just done. I don't know. It was weird. I guess so. Is that the Savannah Banana rule? Don't they have, like, a time limit on games? As well, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's what we reached to. But my pay grade, and when you don't make a dime for doing this stuff, um, uh, I guess all well, everything's above my pay grade. So, <laughs> well, all right, Kevin. West and West and East Division finals are set now. So you have a, uh, a Kansas City team that winds up sweeping Sioux Falls, a, a Sioux City Explorers team that sweeps. The Fargo Moorhead Redhawks, the defending champions, out of the playoffs here, and uh, I think a lot of people, 
let's you know let's give credit out there in Chicago, Milwaukee, and say, man, these are two really great teams. But would you say right now that most are going to look at the West Division as the team that has a, a slight edge over the East heading to the championship series? The the one that wins in the West is likely to win it all. Do you feel that way at this point? I don't think so. I just I think. Milwaukee is so battle-tested with the playoffs, and Chicago, I just think, is they're very capable of just getting on a really good roll. I think tonight's momentum may carry them all the way to the the championship series, where I think they'll be a very um very tough um opponent for the whoever comes out of the West. Well, let's look at that, West. You're going to have the two big league starters going for Kansas City in the first couple games, which will begin in Sioux City on Monday. Uh, Sioux City has a great starting staff there as well. Who, who do you like in that series, Kevin? I just have a sneaky feeling that Kansas City is going to find a way to come out ahead. You know, Sioux City has had their number the entire year, but... There's just too many MLB veteran-like guys that are just going to find a way to figure out Sioux City, and, and they'll manage to squeak by the Explorers. So Kansas City in two, three? Uh, it would be three. Three, Okay. Uh, at the All-Star break, I had Kansas City making it out of the West to the championship series. I'm trying to figure if I'm brave enough to stick with that. Um, yeah, I think those big league, big league arms are going to be too much to overcome. So I'm also, because Sioux City's still lacking some offense out of that, I'm going to go KC in two is what I'm going to see here. Uh, I'll go with. Out in the East, Kevin, we're going to have two – teams that had to battle back and win both contests uh, to, to advance this point. So I think both of them have a lot of momentum going. I, Milwaukee has the, little, has the better pitching staff, I think, overall. The sh- Chicago offense is clearly better. Uh, I think this is going to become uh, where the, the team with a slightly better defense winds up winning, Kevin. So I'm going to say Milwaukee in three. I am going to go on a limb, and I'm I just I'm a really big believer in momentum. And right now, I just even though both teams did win the last two games of the series, I just think there's a lot more of a momentum vibe with Chicago. And I guess I was supposed to already know this, but um, sometimes you and I aren't exactly kept in the loop on things. With the Tacos and Tequila Festival going on in Milwaukee, apparently there is setup time needed for that. The festival is slated to begin on next Saturday. Or not slated to begin, but it's like a one-day deal. But apparently there's a few days of setup needed for it. And because of that, Milwaukee will get their one home game on Monday night, even though they are the higher seed. And the final two will be played in Chicago. So thanks to Tacos and Tequila, Chicago gets the higher seed in round two. 
And I get made to you look like a fool in front of um, Sam Brief tonight because I was I I thought I was correcting him, and then I had to go do some digging and find out exactly why Chicago indeed was getting games two and three. I thought I thought Sam was wrong, and um, shame on me for not having faith in the young fella. <laughs> so Chicago and three is what I'm hearing. Yes. Okay. There we go. So we had one split in this round as well here. So fantastic. Well, Kevin, uh, exciting series. Um, out there in the in the West, it was Sioux City, I think Kansas City looked pretty decisive in their victories. But out here in the East, this was a, a very evenly matched division. We'd said from the very beginning, any one of these teams we thought could have wound up winning the division. And it's not surprising to see Chicago and Milwaukee advancing. It wouldn't have been surprising to see Cleburne and Kane County advancing. So great series, exciting times going on, and you really got to like how this American Association playoffs are shaping up. And, you know, for the four teams that didn't advance, you know, hats off for batting your tails off in the playoffs too and providing um Well, granted, you know, Sioux Falls just never really got it going, but they had a great season then. For them and the other three teams that didn't advance, um, you know, hats off for batting your tails off in the playoffs and making it a very interesting first round. Well, as we did before the beginning of the first round, Kevin and I will go through with the broadcasters of each of the four remaining teams in the playoffs. Um, that will be posted out Monday morning before those series get underway. So uh, look for that as we talk with, once again, with Sam Brief, Tom Wynn, uh, Carter Woodiel, and Dan Vaughn to talk about their thoughts on how the teams performed at the first round and what they expect out of those heading on to the Miles Cup final, Miles Wolf Cup finals. Excuse me there for saying that wrong. So for Kevin Luco, I'm Rob Panier. We will see you Monday morning on This Week in the Association.